Good morning, folks. Good afternoon. Bert is back. It's July 7th, apparently. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm seeing here in the corner of my screen. Dynamite was last night. We have much to get into. Um, uh, what else happened? Bob made Chris Benoit trend, which, you know, of all the crimes Bob has committed, that feels like one of the more uh, premium. Um, there was some other stuff too, I think. I don't know. Uh, Bob also got real mad on Twitter. MLW was on TV. Um, a major match was seemingly announced, kind of penciled in for Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, which has really stole the week for me in terms of, of highlight grins. So we have much to get into. I hope you're all well. Uh, this show I want really to be kind of Q&A heavy. Um, Dynamite, obviously I talk about the highlights of on Fleet Week. My attention was slightly, uh, you know, slightly split last night. So I saw it, but I don't, you know, I don't have like notes in front of anything. So I just want to kind of do a broad strokes Dynamite talk. Um, yeah, hope everyone's good. I'm going to take this drink now. Hmm. A slightly... Dynamite was interesting this week because it was divisive. I've seen many many takes about Dynamite. But it was like much more kind of um, like steady conversation than I'm used to with AEW Dynamite. When I looked at the lineup, I kind of thought it was going to be one of those kind of big-time blockbuster editions, you know. So when it was going on, I thought it was just okay. I feared, quite frankly, that is the word I'm going to use, feared, that it would be this sort of, um, you know, one of those great debates that takes place on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I guess it could still happen today. One of those great debates about whether or not the promotion's dead. It seems like most people are just like, yeah, it was fine, whatever. Um, I don't know what that speaks to. You guys can decide for yourself. But it's interesting. I don't know. We'll get into it here in a sec. Hmm. I always have a Pepsi Max for the sake of my gimmick, but I drink water more than, you know, Kayfabe would allow anyone to know. I don't like Bob to know he's one. Hopefully he's left by now so we can be more honest about water consumption. Um, howdy, Hester. Good morning. Mad King. Bob is here, as I said. Um, owned, pop, or how? Um, <laughs> there's some discussion here. This is a um, uh, familiar quote. Um, there's some discussion here about Bob's part in this in this activity. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> We're gonna get we're gonna get into the uh, we're gonna get into this deal. So for those of you who don't know, some of you are lucky enough to not be on Twitter. Bob tweeted something basically to the point and the idea of that he he finds it to be somewhat comedic, somewhat incredible, um, in a sort of negative sense when people kind of say, you know, Benoit, you know, not the guy, not the guy who did you know the unthinkable, you know, the the wrestler. I think it was the idea of his tweet. I don't fucking know. 
Um, and a few hours went by, and Jordan Grace quotes me. <laughs> Jordan Grace quote tweeted it with, this is a cold take, but he couldn't hang nowadays. And this is the part, and listen, I love Jordan Grace. This is not me being spiteful, but she said this phrase in the tweet, and I, I don't know if she was doing a bit or not, but she said, he wouldn't remember the matches. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, no. Is that like a CTE bit, or is like, is Jordan actually saying that wrestlers are bad if they don't remember the... <laughs> oh... And then I was sort of sad at the idea that I'd been cornered and would have to discuss Chris Benoit in a fashion that was not, um, I guess critical would be the word. I don't know. I don't want to be put in this position, you know. I guess what I'm saying is he would probably be good, but like, do we have to, <laughs> do we have to get into it, you know? Oh, dear. Not the best of phrasing. I also probably would have left out one of the other words she used, but, you know, I think Jordan's core point is right, which is that who cares ultimately um, He what he did in fact kill his family. So I, I guess with that in mind, I agree with Jordan. Um, I wish <laughs> that her... Uh, I wish that her phrasing was done in a way that didn't make me have this instinctive, oh God, I'm after defend Chris Benoit because I didn't like that part of my night last night. But ultimately, who cares, right? I just... I'm hoping it was... I guess I'm hoping it was the former, but not really. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about a modern wrestler being like, yeah, you wouldn't remember the matches, dude. Like, that seems bad. But again, I don't really want to use um, Chris Benoit to make this point. So I'll just kind of, I guess what I'll say is this. Great job, Bob. Really, really nailed it, bro. I really did a great job with that, you know. We have enough Benny talk around here without you forcing the knockouts champion into the conversation, you know. <sighs> anyway, Dynamite, All Elite Wrestling's flagship show. It was on last night. It was on TBS. Um, my God. Hang on a second. Now I'm intrigued. Holy shit. The confirmed shoot may have just like come in here and left something without me even seeing him. What's this? Arigato. No, that was there. I know where it was. Okay. Oh. Hang on a second. Okay. Let's talk about Dynamite. Um, it's a program on television. I didn't think Dynamite was like all that last night. Um, but it was. It was okay. The thing that disappointed me was it seemed like by the end of the show, the crowd was kind of like waning in interest, which I thought hurt Brody and Moxley quite a bit. I like Brody's performance, and Moxley did the kind of latter of what you and I, uh, you and I, like we're, like we're at a bar here. But, you know, what I talked about yesterday, I said, like, he might do a wild brawl. Um, I know, I pulled the curtain back there, right? It was wild. I was like, he might do a wild brawl, but it would pop me if, um, you know, they kind of worked more traditional match where Mox just sold. He definitely did more of the latter, I think, right? Like, he, he gave Brody a lot, and I thought Brody was up to it. It just didn't have, like, the heat I was hoping. Um, I didn't think it was 
nearly as good as they can do, to be quite frank. I'm not saying it wasn't a good match. It was good, but it was a good match. But it was to me that was about it where it capped out for me. It's just my personal opinion. Um the opening match they were really hot for with Wardlow, and that was that was definitely one of those cases of like they did the they just did what you had to do, they did the right thing. Um I don't think the moment, to be quite honest with you guys, I don't think it packed much of a punch because unfortunately the belt is like you know, it is what it is. The belt has fallen off so much and poor Scorpio he was such a just absolute sitting duck that it didn't really have any punch or like excitement. They kind of tried to make it feel that way, but it was like a formality. Everyone knew what was going to happen. And it just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of flat. Um, but that's just me. I, I mean, I, I don't know where you guys stand. I thought the middle of the show was, while like steady, to be totally honest, you guys, I thought it was about as close to like, I'm going to use it really. Very dangerous word in this space. I've always about as close to like boring as Dynamite gets. I don't know if you guys agree with me on this or not. I don't know if I'm like on an island, but I kind of find the middle part of the show to be like kind of a slog. Like it didn't really interest me at all. I was just kind of wading through stuff of, of no of no real note. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. It felt like really low energy, I thought, in the middle last night. Um, I thought that kind of hurt Moxley and Brody just because they didn't set a very good stage for them. Now, granted, it depends what you're invested in. I mean, if you're invested in the gun club and the acclaimed, then you'll probably get more out of it than I did. So that's not a knock. That's just like, you know, it is what it is. Um, I just thought it was kind of lifeless in the middle, which is something that I very seldom would accuse their show of being. Like, I thought it was, I was just kind of trudging through it. It didn't have much pop to me or buzz. Um, and again, that's not to say that it was bad wrestling. It was just hilariously, I would say it was more like the kind of wrestling television we've come to expect rather than what AEW Dynamite is, which is an absolute thrill ride, for better or worse. Whether you want to get off and vomit or you want to get off and high-five your friend, it's always, you know, a ride, right? Um, and, I, you know, I think that's one thing that's been consistent for the longest. But I was just – I couldn't quite get into it. And and I will say, I'm looking forward to rewatching. You guys know I always watch Dynamite back with my folks. And I am looking forward to rewatching. Um, Roosh and Penta because people told me the match was really good. I, I've got to be honest, you guys. I, I I didn't find that match to be particularly good at all, and it got really good ratings. So I sometimes I think Slacker brings it up. Um, you know, I think I'm pretty honest, you guys. I'm not in the best of headspaces, and I you know maybe that's part part of it. Maybe I wasn't where I needed to be to enjoy the show. I don't know, but I thought they kind of sleepwalked through that match, dude. I didn't think there was much to it. Um. I don't know, but I'll, I'll rewatch it and maybe, uh, like, maybe I'll I'll prefer it. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, a lot on my phone, which again, that's not a criticism of the show. And it's always, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's more a case of what you're going, you know, what's going on with you. But definitely that. Um, this ruled. Yeah, I've always felt this way. And this is where I, I'm sorry. I, I know people, well, they're over, and I get it. I understand, but I just. I, this is where I really struggle with the women's division conversation. I just do. Like, I really struggle with the idea that, like, TV time is such a premium. Um, you know, you can't 
possibly fit on like another woman's match and like i'm watching the gun club like i get it i know people like it and they're very effective and valuable as underneath heels but like <laughs> but when i see the graphic gun club and acclaimed in action i was just like oh goodness you know i don't know maybe i'm just being an old head on that front i've always been a little bit off the consensus with those guys so. um but nonetheless there was something on the show that i was wanted to talk about I've forgotten. I don't know. Um, the highlights of the show for me was when they announced stuff, uh, namely Ed Kingston versus Takeshita. This, of course, followed Eddie's segment in which it started off really promisingly with his, um, you know, his awesome Wardlow shout out, which was like a studio wrestling deal. You know, like Dusty coming out and being like, "Congratulations to." Barry Windham, you know, like it was really awesome. I was like, oh my God, he's doing a wrestling promo. Cause I feel like I love Eddie, but as a promo, I think they're very much pigeonholed him as like guy who's always on the verge of tears, which is fine. He's very good at that. But I actually think he can do a lot more. Um, so I was like, oh my goodness, he's going to do a professional wrestling promo. And he started doing one and then they cut to the back and they shot an angle and they never showed Eddie's reaction or anything because, you know, and, uh, they also did um, something else that was good. That wasn't really good. But anyway, he's wrestling Takeshita on Friday, which rules. Uh, that would probably be the best match of their week. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. Also, the actual highlight of the show, and if you disagree with me, then fair, but owned because I believe I'm correct, was when FTR did a challenge to the Briscoes. That point in the show, I'm not doing a bit. It was like half two in the morning, and I was on my laptop, not really paying much attention by that point. And when he they started the promo, I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to call out the Briscoes!" Like you could tell by the way they like referenced it, and the, the way they kind of framed it as being like the obvious, you know, um, solution. They're going to call out the damn Briscoes. So I'm waiting, you know, I'm fired up. And then when he said it, I literally stood up and put my arms up in the air with this. I was so excited. My favorite wrestling match ever, I'm pretty sure. Probably watched it more than any other match. Definitely the match of the year for me. Um, I am slightly concerned because I'm a nerd about the idea of them trying to follow it. But what made, here's the beauty of that match. While all of the extra ingredients made it especially great, like the atmosphere and the hype, at core, it's four unbelievable professional wrestlers that are made to fight each other. And so that means the floor is like what four and change, right? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not sure they'll recreate the magic at the first, but I'm sure we're going to see them try. I think they might do something fucking nuts, to be honest with you guys. Like, I'll be real with you guys. Um, if you look at this card in two weeks and it's slim and it's like six, seven matches, be ready for them to do an hour because I'm telling you, they may do something crazy here. The FTR boys, they don't they ain't here to just do like a, a nice little tribute act sequel. They're going to try and do something crazy, I think. So be very wary. You may be in for an hour draw. I think it's very much in play. Um, just, you know, so keep it in mind because I think they might do something nuts here. Um, oh, this fucking rules. How, by the way, how sexy are those Ring of Honor graphics and logos, man? Are they rule, man? 
That's a thing, right? Like, my, my analogy with this is that, that stuff like way more attractive and appealing than, um, than the AEW stuff. It fucking rules, man. Here's where breaking news. Dory Funk Jr. is releasing an autobiography. Congratulations to Bob. Delighted for you, mate. Very good news. Um, Dark Order stuff was... I do not really want to, like, you know, put the boots to it because, you know, like, it's, I understand why it's there. I get it. I appreciate the sentiment, but it wasn't the most effective segment, I guess, was what I would... You know, and I do think you have to be careful with that stuff. Like, you don't want them to just be, you know, you don't want them to just be there every time you go to Rochester. Like, they should be on the show, right? It should be part of the, should be part of it. It felt kind of weird, the way, it, the, the vibe of it. But a hangman came out and it was okay. I didn't mind it. Um, yes, Emmy, I would like to see her on TV also. Hey, Joe, this is from Robert O'Neill. I don't know who that is. Pretty sure he's like a, wasn't he like a soldier or something? Piece of shit. Um, hey, Joe, question. Why didn't Ruby Soho simply move her hand and put it somewhere else in the first place so it didn't get slammed on the car door, in the car door? Um, not on the car door. That would be very less, much less painful. Still painful, but less painful. Um, I think that would have been cowardly if she moved her hand. And at the end of the day, she still would have had to fight like four different people. So if you just leave your hand there and have your hand get broke, they'll probably leave you after that, right? Whereas if you move your hand and try and fight them, they're probably going to kick the shit out of you, you know? There was like four of them. So basically, she thought about the options and concluded um, that the best one was simply to allow her arm to be, or her hand to be broken. I can't believe you didn't figure that out yourself. It feels like it, but here's the thing with the Briscoes, is like there's definitely a world in which... Um, you know, the the uh, the Briscoes. This is very much a case, maybe of like he's gonna he could definitely use them just on pay per views and shit, and like do weird stuff to pop himself. But my guess is he's probably got it cleared. You know, how do you go about that? By the way, if you're Tony Khan, do you know what I mean? Like, do you uh, do you like walk into a meeting and go, listen, we've got loads of pieces of shit on our roster. Don't worry about the Briscoes. You know, do you have like a PowerPoint of all the guys you have on your roster that've done terrible things. What do you do? Or do you, do you simply say, like, do you, do you send them to, like, a course or something? I don't think Ring of Honor ever did that. The the, the statement that they've been sent to, like, a some sort of facility. I believe the Briscoes, like, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I actually, and maybe this is just me trying to convince myself because I'm a fan, but the people that have vouched for them, I kind of actually think they may have, like, you know, got where they need to in terms of not being fucking assholes. On that front. And again, I, I believe Mark is mostly innocent. I seem to recall Mark tweeting some very, very dumb shit about the same topic. So I don't know. But Jay definitely did. He was the world's champion at the time. So feel the vouch for them. Like I kind of, I think they may have improved as human beings, which hopefully, right? But I think he may have figured it out with, with Turner, to be honest with you. So this year it's Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor's not going to be promoted like AEW. Like they're not going to have it on like their big, you know, marketing campaigns. It's just like a weird wrestling thing that happens alongside AEW. Pop. Um, yeah, I don't know about Lance Storm. I think I might ban Lance Storm from Late Night Grin. 
Lance Storm kind of drives me crazy. Like, I don't think he was any good. He's part of it. But, like, sometimes Lance Storm talks about wrestling. Oh, that's a good point. And other times he talks about it, and I'm like, I don't know if you know what, like, fans want or don't want at this point, Lance. It seems like you've lost your mind a little bit, you know? I heard him doing a two-minute salvo about um, cameramen not shooting when wrestlers fall on, like, a table. And being confused when people dive into empty space and then being like, wow, how did the wrestler get there? And I remember thinking, that's it. that to me feels like one of those paralysis by analysis deals, you know? I mean, I just whine about a lot of nitpicky stuff, but my God, that feels like a lot. I don't know. Do we like Lance Storm? Tell me in the chat if you like Lance Storm. Shitty punch, I know that much for sure. Um, yes, they have. I will say, though, as far as I'm aware... The reason they didn't work the impact tones, I think, was because Mark's um, wife was having their child. I think that's why they couldn't work those tapings. But I will say them dropping the belts feels encouraging. So there's that. Um, and, yeah, it should absolutely headline. I mean, John Gresh has, you know, that match is not going to have any meat, whoever it is. Um, and Joe and Jay is a nice match, but they kind of go so long, you know. It is what it is. Um, owned. If they get Akiyama for a match, they should with Kingston. They should absolutely sneak in an Akiyama Samoa Joe match. My God, I just want him back, man. You know, I know I sound like take that then Gareth Barlow, but I just want him back for good. You know, he's just we had him for a bit there. Remember we had Samoa Joe back, and he was like doing Olay spots and fucking levering people with clotheslines. It was like the big man is back, you know. I remember, I remember saying that often. I'd walk around and just sort of go, "The big man is back," um, and people would ask me why, and I'd just say, "At tape machines." He was back, and then he had to do a motion picture and lost to Adam Cole Bay Bay and was attacked by the gargantuan protege. So the next thing I knew, the big man was gone again, and we've been starved of him. We've been starved of him, and I am now at a point in my life, a very unenviable point in my life. Where I now have to anticipate a Jay Lethal singles match, which I haven't been at that point, folks, since 2015 when Rod Strong and him were going 60 minutes, you know? A different time in my life. So here I am, simply waiting for Samoa Joe to come back so he can have a 12 minute freestyle match with Jay Lethal. But these are the games we play, you know? This rules. Tell him he does an awesome, he did an awesome job. It's very, very attractive. Very, very attractive. Very sexy, dare I say. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> um, Ian Riccoboni, yes, he did. He vouched. And Ian is one of the great, just one of the great wrestling people. Um, I don't know Ian. Well, and I once told Monty, this is a tip for all of you, don't vouch, you know, be careful. So I'm not saying he's definitely, but his reputation is that he's one of the absolute most wonderful people in professional wrestling. And that reputation is built on people that I very do much do respect and would vouch for, you know, reiterating that to me. So um, Ian, I don't think would say that just because to make his promotion look better. I truly believe he's saying that with full sincerity, so. Hopefully he's right, man. I mean, I love those dudes as wrestlers. I, you know, I think it'd be nice if they were kind of more 
Um, and I know they gave an answer on like a radio show about it, but like if they were more kind of out and you know with the the kind of progression they've apparently made, I think it'd be nice if they just was more kind of um, enthusiastic about spreading that message of personal improvement. I mean, I appreciate the answer they gave on that radio show, but it should re- you know really it probably should be saying they should tackle more kind of um, directly. Whether it's a statement, whether it's a video, whether it's a whatever, I don't know. I just think they, they probably could have been better than them, like you know, kind of uh, just letting other people talk on their behalf. But I guess they're not on social media that much, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Um, factual. This is very much true. Bill, if you can go at the Ring of Honor show, you got to go with it, mate. I'm saying that as someone that very seldom tells anyone that. That's like that's that's a big dub, you know. That Ring of Honor shows can be a big deal. That ma- that main event tag, gonna rule. Um, owned. Lance has been malinkoed into thinking he's a good wrestler, kind of like Taz. People thinking he's a good wrestler, kind of like Taz. See, here's the thing with Lance. He's like, if you watch when he like when he did his stuff with Ring of Honor in the late two thousands, like you can definitely see that there's a world in which if things land differently, he would have like had a much more kind of prominent career. But, and this is a personal thing, this is purely subjective, but like his style is like the completely at odds with what I like. I get nothing out of watching that deep wrestle and, I, and I'm where he's fundamentally excellent. I just don't. Like you guys know I'm not a big Malenko guy, but I would take Dean Malenko every day a week and twice on Sunday before I watch Lance Storm. Like, I ain't doing it. You know? This does rule. To be clear, I'm not saying he's an asshole. This is very important. Um, Pop. Yeah, he does. You could have Samoa Joe, but he's going to be a long program with Jay Lethal. It's amazing. He's probably going to lose. So that's the funniest part of it, you know? More rib. At least the gargantuan protégés out there. King Sakiyama versus Jericho Suzuki. Yeah, that would be crazy. Jericho and uh, Suzuki thing was hilarious. Like, it was kind of... Because Suzuki's just the same regardless, it's like it was kind of surreal in a way I didn't expect. Because obviously, you know, they're going to come in and do like tandem offense, right? Suzuki just tags in and does his thing and gets out. So, yeah, it ruled. I don't know if you guys saw this Meltzer clip, but he uh, he's talking... <laughs> He's talking about NXT with Brian Alvarez. And he's like, you know, he's talking it through and Brian's explaining to him that this happened at the end of the show. And he goes, oh, wow, Boris Johnson resigned. (laughs) It fucking rules. We should have Dave on the grin. I invited Mojo Rawley on the grin last night. Um, I did explain in the tweet that, unfortunately, because I'm the only Brit, on the show and it airs at 4am he's actually would make more sense on any other week to be on the green than this week when he's in Britain um, but I did invite him nonetheless so you know that's the thing he may be on on Friday probably not hasn't replied to me yet uh, I also continued my pursuit of fight TV codes last night which I'm sorry to announce had got no um, uh, progression whatsoever then I did an open for bookings tweet like I was a, a weekend warrior um, and I did not have a graphic on the end of the tweet, so therefore the tweet has not got me any bookings. Um, you're stuck with me here on the BERT, so 
you know, it's just some updates there. Um, I will keep you updated on the Mojo Rawley matter, though, because that feels like it could have some potential. Um, do you like any wrestler under the age of 35? Jesus Christ. The kids next door not know that there's a damn wrestling podcast going on here? Um, yes. How dare you, Meech, you old man? I'm going to the electric ballroom to watch Swerve wrestle in a couple weeks, you know. He's young. He has a free in his name. Uh, I like... Um, I've become a pretty big fan of Daniel Garcia. I like his personality, actually, the, the real-life Daniel Garcia quite a lot. So he's kind of really been someone who's who's grown on me exponentially. Um, I'm the only person in the world who likes NXT prospects Solo Sokoa and Grayson Waller, as well as Greg Gagne's own Tiffany Stratton, who Monty and I have decided is one of our new uh, narratives. I like... Um, I like Rhea Ripley, Bianca Blair, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan. Damn, bro, you got cooked there, Meech. Holy shit. Come prepared next time, bro. What do you think this is? This is the burp. How dare you? Speaking of wrestlers I like, poor Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah, I think Adam, in all seriousness, um, you know, I, I think it's worth saying that I think he was very much doing them a solid at Forbidden Door. I think he went into that match very, very banged up. Um, and he knew they was low on kind of top guys and he worked the show. And I, it might have been a part of why it was a, a fatal four-way. But, um, but yeah, I uh, I hope he's good. Adam Cole, another guy, like Ian Riccoboni, actually, who everyone just says he's like the best dude. No one has any beef with Adam Cole, so... Well, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him as a professional wrestler. That is very much secondary to the character. He, you know, the human being um, himself, and hopefully he's well because you know he's been working hard for. He's been a guy for a lot longer than people realize. You know, <laughs> just the wrestlers I forgot to mention. Wow, Joe doesn't like that guy. <laughs> Hangman being only thirty is nuts. It feels like I've seen him for years. Um, uh, yeah, the uh, the ring. I, I so you know the thing with Volta is I didn't want to get into this too because I'll be honest, I didn't see a lot of it. But you know when they like, like some of their lines were definitely eyebrow raising before, way before, you know. So it kind of popped me when they were repackaged into like Fed caricatures of that. The people were like, "Where did this come from?" As well. I don't know, man. It's kind of weird, some of the stuff they would say, you know. I'm sure it's fine, right? Wrestling's never problematic. Did you see Liv's comment about Charlotte and Ronda on the bump? It was savage. My God, owned. Um, they asked her what she has, they don't. She said, fans want them to. Yeah, I saw that. She said, yeah, they, you know, what are you going to bring to the Fans want me to be champ. Um, I mean, absolutely true. She definitely framed it as a joke and laughed afterwards, but was 100% accurate, and I hope she was sincere with it. Uh, that is a good example of why wrestling is fun, because it doesn't operate in this sort of bizarre vacuum where every year the booker looks at the skill chart and says, well, Charlotte Flair is a six on the promo scale. Liv Morgan is a five. We are going back to the queen. That's not how it's supposed to work. Liv Morgan has got the momentum right now. People like her right now. 
she's the rightful champion. So that was the correct answer. And, you know, I, I love being analytical as much as the next guy. And I've done thousand plus word fucking match reviews in the last week. But there's definitely some perspective needed on this stuff. You need to have some understanding, of course, of what pro wrestling is, you know. To me, anyway, I, I think that's important. I think I was talking to Oracle about this the other night, actually. You know, we're, we're big movie guys. I'm sure you've heard us talk about movies before on the shows and lose our way talking about Christian Bale or whatever. Um, got to see four tonight, by the way, just for him. Um, I've always been a fan of Roger Ebert's, like, his philosophy on you rate, like, a movie according to what it intends to achieve. Like, you don't rate, like, a summer blockbuster. You don't rate on the same scale as The Godfather. You know, they try to do different things. And I very much have trying to use that, like, ideology with wrestling. And it ain't perfect, but I think you definitely miss the you're like missing the trick if your reaction to Live Morgan's champion is like, well, hang on a second. Her best match on cage match is. It's like I don't know if you if you fully get it. I mean, if you don't care, then you don't care. But I think if you're trying to be analytical, it's like that kind of misunderstands the point of what WWE's trying to they're not that's not their their wrestling, you know, it just isn't. I mean, I saw a video this morning. There's some fan outside the building who told the security guard her favorite wrestler is Lacey Evans. Why? That's what I said, but you know, God bless. Different audience, brothers. I don't care. I've said it for you guys for the longest, but I don't care what those demo gimmicks say. There is a lot of kids that watch WWE through YouTube, like 100. It, it it really it really is a thing. Um, Zach Saber Junior. Yeah, that's gonna be funny, definitely. Takeshi is awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to match ready. Um, this was very good. Yeah, Garcia's definitely got real personality. Look at this old man falling asleep. Owned. Exactly right. That's why Hangman, like the ace, right? Like for 30 years of age. How incredible. Wrestling Inc. were offering WES discount codes after it was cancelled. That's the other thing. Codes, man. Filth. Absolute filth. I've never seen gremlins. Um, so someone DM me, I don't want to name them here and dunk, but someone DM me that in fact, there was actually like some nuance to this and I should watch it. I have not watched it to be clear. So I don't know, but like, apparently this is like a good gimmick. I'm told, um, all I know is when I looked at the screen, he was like talking to Adam Pierce, like this close to him and was like breathing in his face. So I assumed he was a, a pervert. Uh, I'm told he's not. At first, not what they're going for. Um, I think, and this is part of what you have to kind of learn on the the road. I this journey is my life. You know, like this is why considering people's chances in WWE is like the most pointless thing you could ever do. Like someone will leave AEW and people will go, well, you know, he's too small to get pushed in WWE, or he's too this, or he's too. It's like. How the fuck have they not, like, used Eli Drake as just a TV wrestler? He's been there twice. He was LA Knight. He has this great look and he can talk. And I know he's not, like, a great worker, but, again, we just talk about with Liv. Like, who cares, right? It's their TV. How have they seen a manager in him only? I, like, he has a great body. What's the deal? I don't get it. I just I find it so hard to get a read on what they want at this point. Like I'm not even saying the stuff's bad because again I haven't seen it. It's, at least he's on TV, but it's like, how has he not like 
a wrestler. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, I genuinely don't. Um, but it does seem like he's maximizing it, and that, that doesn't surprise me. He's a very returning guy. So I've always liked him. I know it was not cool to like him at one point, but I always thought he was actually a good talent. I think he's good at pro wrestling generally. Fed enthusiast pop, enough about Bobby. Um, I knew the AOP guys being crypto boys would lead them to being massive carnies. God bless carnies and Liz's brother. They're gonna let me tell you, they're lucky they're big, you know. The boy, you don't fuck with the boys, you know. Absolutely not. Someone's gonna leak a really nasty story at Dave in a couple of weeks. You know that, right? In the Observer, there's gonna be like a whole chapter about the authors of pain taking kid, you know, food out of kids' mouths and people cancelling indie bookings to do them to their guys a favour. You know, it's gonna be a thing. It might even be Sean. It might not be Dave. Dave's not really that guy anymore. But Sean may have one. He may have like a quote from a guy who doesn't want to fight either of them, but definitely wants to make it clear that he doesn't like them anymore. You know, that'd be good stuff. So I look forward to. Um. He seems, I will say he does seem to be doing pretty good. I don't watch SmackDown. I'm going to have to start at some point for the sake of my knowledge of the industry. But he does seem like Gunter is more successful than we than I at least assumed because I thought he was going to be dead on arrival, honestly. Um, Eli Drake filled Adam Cole's role if he decided to stay with WWE. Uh, probably, I don't know. I, the Adam Cole thing's weird because like I don't know what, that look, I can't imagine it. Like, it's so absurd to me that I can't even fathom it. Um, it seems like it's more prelim than that, Mad King. Like, it seems like they wanted Adam Cole to manage, like, a top guy, whatever, whatever that means. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, that Eli Drake's a lot more of, like, a, he's like a smart Mark Sterling equivalent more than anything. Because he's not wrestling, and he's, like, managing guys that they're definitely not really going to push, so... More underneath. Um, I don't think Adam Cole could do that gimmick, is worth saying. That's not even a knock to him, but it's pretty out there, you know? Yeah, this was good. This is the kind of stuff I like in wrestling, you know? Folks, there's more to the story. I know it all, but I'm not, I'm no snitch, you know? I'm not a stooge. Wait for someone to leak it to a dirt sheet near you. Um, Adam Cole said it wasn't, I don't know what the deal was with that. I don't follow that stuff closely. It gets so toxic so quickly, but there was pretty, you know, strong sources that they wanted him to be a manager, which I think is very believable, right? So, I mean, he's a smaller guy, so I get it. When I say I get it, I mean, I, I believe it would be a thing, not that I would do it. I think it's fucking dumb. Um, I saw this. I didn't watch the interview because I'm not watching anything Ryan sat and I'm sorry I have my limits. Um, I think I told you guys that a friend of mine who's pretty deep in the quote game was uh, sent me some pretty funny ones of her explaining about how bored she is playing herself on TV, which popped me. Um, listen, Wyndham is a guy who his peers very much like him. I think it would benefit him greatly. And I know why he doesn't want to. And I know he wants to have a law and, you know, or like an awe and a mystique. I know, I get it. He would benefit greatly, greatly from, um, you know, doing an interview and explaining himself. Because his peers, who granted are not scholars in their own right, 
These are the same people that thought Kane was a fucking genius, but they are they are convinced that he is this brilliant force of nature creatively. Which I know I'm a workman man, but some of the stuff that went on TV was not what I would describe as genius by any means. Here's what I will say for Bray Wyatt, Wyndham, whatever the hell. Genuinely. By hook or by crook, he absolutely 100% got stuff over regularly. He got like free versions of himself over to a degree that he was one of the top guys in the company. That's that's objectively like a real thing. The original version of him was red hot. And as the fiend, he had two versions of himself that were like massive deals that sold a lot of merchandise. Like you can't deny that about him, right? But it very seldom resulted in good pro wrestling. The Alexa stuff is a great example of it. That stuff was objectively successful from like a commercial point of view. But who wanted to watch it on the wrestling show? Like it was, it didn't rate for good matches. It wasn't good promos. It didn't really do promos. It was just like these weird sort of set pieces, you know? Um, so in that sense, I find it would be very confusing. Now, if he explained it and said that actually he had an answer to those questions, they just didn't let him give it, then I would be a lot more interested in what he's going to do next. But what I saw a lot of him in Bray Wyatt in the last few years of his career, quite frankly, was a guy who was doing stuff that just isn't wrestling. And I know that sounds insulting. I don't mean it to be like a really mean-spirited thing, but I, some of the stuff he did just felt like a guy who didn't want to make, didn't want to do wrestling and instead should have been doing something else, like movies or TV or whatever, you know? Um, not that he'd be good at that. I just think, like, some of his ideas, I, I just don't think it needs to be in wrestling. And again, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. It definitely had an audience. So in that sense, how can it not be wrestling? It had an audience, right? People love that stuff. Um, and, you know, there's definitely some kind of nuance to it. I do think that, like, people in my position, and what I mean by that is bearded white guys with microphones that don't work properly, we definitely did a bad job, I think, of, like, trying to get and understand the, the Fiend act. Like, if you guys watch The Distraction, I actively avoided talking about The Fiend for three months because I did not... I couldn't believe it was a thing people liked. I thought it was like a, an inside joke. Um, I couldn't believe some of those Firefly Funhouse segments people thought were good. I just thought it was terrible. I always thought that. Um, and the same with the Alexa stuff. But like, you know, I'm aware of how much it connected with people. Like there was a lot of a lot of um, people that watched the shows for those fucking segments. And I just, granted they haven't stopped since they stopped doing because a lot of those fans are people that, you know, they just, they're WWE fans, but they were people that love that stuff. And I never got it, but I still haven't figured it out to honest with you, but you get what you get, I suppose. Um, it was me. I'm told he was upset about that, but he's blocked. So he shouldn't have seen it. I try to protect him. Is there a Liv Morgan equivalent in WWE? I'm trying to think of underdog baby faces. They can build up like her drawing a blank. And then RC said, Mustafa Ali. Um, she's definitely like a unique commodity in that sense. Oh, hang on a second. There's a different, there's a different question meant to say AEW women's division. No, I don't think so. I think people underestimate Liv and what she, she's like, how endearing she is. Again, not saying that she has like great matches or anything, but there's definitely like a charm to her, like a naturally likable element to her personality that is very very much a thing. I think it's it's more rare than people maybe give it credit for. 
she's not really a good promo, but she's very good at like just being herself on TV in a way that's kind of people like and find charming, you know, because she's kind of like silly and goofy and that's who she is. Mike and Gavin, I don't know her, but so I think that comes across, you know, it doesn't feel like she's playing a character because I'm not necessarily sure she is. Um, I don't know who in the AEW Women's Division fits that bill, you know. But a big part of it's TV exposure too. Like I, I've been saying this for the longest, and I believe it. It's just you can really get granular with it and explore it in great detail and talk about you know this that and the next thing. You can talk about it as much as you want, but there is just an inevitable result of how much the women in WWE are featured compared to how much they're featured on Dynamite. They speak more specifically Raw. I believe there was a stat that women have main evented every episode of Raw for like the last two months. And it's like there's other stuff on those shows too. Like there's they, they did like double matches, you know, Becky and Ascaris were twice a couple weeks ago. There's segments. It's like, is it good? Not all of it. No, a lot of it's bad, you know. And there's stuff they do internally that in terms of the treatment of women that's horseshit. But that allows someone like Liv to have like a momentum you can't get if you're on TV just once every month. You know, you just can't. It's it's difficult. It's like a natural organic connection that you can't form without TV exposure. So there you go. I enjoyed the fiend hunting people. Lost me around Hell in the Cell. Yeah, Hell in the Cell was rough. That was a tough out. Very tough out. Um, Alan Angels and Speedball should be excellent. I agree. I, I really like Alan Angels' wrestler. I think he needs to find his thing. Like he's he's kind of what makes him unique, which is not a rare issue for a guy of his age. And he's excellent talent. So. Yeah, I'm sure that match would be very good. Sky Blue is um is a pretty good one. Yeah, and as, as you said there, like same thing, right? Not enough screen time. But I agree, Sky Blue has the there's something there for sure in terms of being likable. Um Goldberg beating the theme was probably the funniest book I've ever seen. Laughed outrageously at that. My all-time great moments in wrestling. I'm like fully aware of how bad it was. Like I totally get it, but I can't possibly imagine caring because it was the thing. And it was imagine Saudi Arabia against Bill Goldberg. Like choose different hills to die on, you know. Um, that's probably aged badly because it probably like kind of kickstarted the, the the decline of poor Wyndham. But I'm sorry, it was too funny to not pop to some in some regard, you know. Um, it's kind of funny to me how bad Heyman fumbled live when he was running for. Look, I love Paul Lee. I think he could still do an interesting show, book an interesting show. I think his version of Raw was still one of the more interesting versions we've got in the last six years. But he's definitely washed. Like, you know, his big idea for Liv being lesbian is like a tremendous example of, you know, you have to, <laughs> at some point you have to get out your own fucking bullshit with this stuff. And I don't think Paul Lee has, has managed that, so. But he did have some nice ideas and he pushed some new guys. But yeah, the live stuff was kind of a reminder of, oh yeah, it's still Paul Heyman. Um, can we just talk about Bob Lash for five minutes? Always. You guys and his booking, to be fair, has made me love him. I pop every time he comes out now. Because Bobby Lashley is a is a reminder of how simple professional wrestling can and frankly should be. Bobby Lashley is a guy who looks like a comic book hero. And he comes out and he does this fucking pose thing where he looks big, right? And he, like, gets in the ring. And he does this thing where, like, when his music does this certain beat, he does, like, this 
thing of his hand in ribbon with it. And there's like thunder and shit and he's Titantron. And his finish is a fucking Full Nelson and he does a spear. And for the most part, he just sort of whacks guys. He don't even do it with any sort of artistic rhythm or like skill, really, you know? I mean, I think Bobby Lashley's a good worker. I mean, I see he did like a 30-minute match with Eddie Edwards once. I thought it was great. But for the most part, he just sort of clubs people out there. He don't even do any mat wrestling anymore, you know? Clothes lines. He does that hilarious spot on the ring post where he nearly falls over every time. He'll cheer because it's professional wrestling, you know? He's this fucking awesome-looking guy beating people up, man. It's awesome. It's like he's an incredible example of how much wrestling bookers for the last 20 years overcomplicated. WWE couldn't crack that code. Like they couldn't fathom it. Like, what do we do with him? He's not a great promo. It's like you just have him beat the shit out of people, dude. That's all you'd have them do. And then when Impact figured it out, which again, imagine Impact figured it out easily enough, you know? It took them a while when he came back. They had to mess around with it all and let him show range. When I was a I was at a house show in September 2018, double main event, Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey. It's a real thing that happened. And the big segment in the middle of the show is that Elias came out to sing and Bob Lashley interrupted him to sing Wonderwall. Because he had to show range, you know. Just let him whack, guys. It's easy. Yeah, I'm sure Alistair over is thrilled. <laughs> I would too. I think it'd be great. Just just involved in the in the creative process would be a big step, right? Um, I'm still convinced, Bill. I mean, I'm, I actually don't. I think there's been increasing signs as of late that Bob's not quite as strong as he may appear <laughs> when he kept dropping people for a while. But like, still, look at him, Bob Lash, right? Greatest athlete in human history. God bless. Um, all right, we're about ten minutes here. If you have any other questions about AEW Dynamite, please give them. Or about anything in general. I said I didn't want to talk about on Dynamite. Where do we stand on this Marina Shafir situation? You know? Like, I really don't want to be like a dick, but it kind of, I kind of can't believe we're still doing it. I, I genuinely have seen Marina performances where she seems like fine. But I'm, kind of in awe of the fact she's still on TV. I'm, I'm going to be completely real. I, and I have no reason to be, you know, down on it. I just can't, I honestly can't get my head around it. Like, I can't believe they're still doing TV, her do TV matches. And it's like, I get this, but there are wrestlers that are like, good at the craft of being there and losing, like, and, feeding someone and selling. I mean, Marina has her strengths, but like, she just seems out of a depth. I, I don't know. And uh, I saw did some people did like the tag. I didn't, again, uh, maybe if I rewatch it, I'll like it more. But I'm not saying it was terrible. I just think she's really struggling out there, man. I don't know. Really struggling. And her and Rosa seem to just really struggle to like, finally sort of balance between what they're doing out there. I don't know. I think we are going to get this. I think we're going to get an Eddie and Ruby mixtape. I do. That would be awesome, by the way. Absolutely awesome. Um, AEW is currently not letting Britt, Jamie, Shida, Yuka, Riho wrestle on TV, let alone Ruby, Stat, and Athena, who each wrestle once in this month. 
That's how you get multiple Shafir. In fear of repeating myself, it's a thing that I've said now for like legitimately years, which is firstly sad but true. I think the rotation thing that he does and the way he work, uses the man is very intelligent, very smart. I've been a proponent for the longest time. Just pick like eight women, you know, and just have them on TV strong every week, wrestling consistently. A thing in a wrestling one match in like six weeks is kind of nuts. And I know dark, but on TV, you know, just like, how have you not done a tag yet with her and stat? You know, I, I just, the lack of rhythm in the women's division in terms of booking is, I find it to be perplexing. It's like very simple things. Um, I don't understand it. I really don't. I, I just, and that's why I wasn't, I didn't want to sell the um, Tony getting pinned by Rosa thing. Cause I think that's a positive step. You like, you got to do some of these matches dude. you have to. It's way better to be on TV and pinned in a match of significance than to just be on dark forever. I'm sorry. Dark's cool. It's a fun show. You need to be out in front of the people, you know? Not the meaning the, the television audience. I'm aware the same people see dark elevation. But you know what I mean? I just think it's important. Yeah, Penelope's injured as far as I know. Um, and this is another problem too. And Jay Shaw always brought this up to me. And I think she's right. Like, when you do a squash match for the one woman's match on Rampage, you really should be considering like what that does for the show. And so like, does Serena and Mercedes need another squash match? I mean, I think I should, I would do it anyway and just double up on the women's matches. But if you're going to do one, it feels like you should be really selective. You know, Mercedes and Serena, if anything, is this kind of thing you would do on those two shows. Um, I think Serena should have been on TV a lot more after she lost the pay-per-view, but that's me. And I know that's, you know, people didn't agree with that. That's fine. But it's like, you need to be really careful with that. Like, we have one match on this show. What are we going to do? We're going to do a two-minute squash from Mercedes and Street. So what are we going to gain from that squash? Not much, to me, anyway, you know? It's a pro- I think it's a problem, right? And I think there's, there's a lot of folks that kind of want to bury their head in the sand on it. It's like, I get it's exhausting to talk about. It. Trust me, I'm aware. But it's like, it is a thing. Like, it's, it has to be better in terms of um, just consistent TV exposure it has to be, you know? And also the thing of like putting everyone in a block of TV time, I don't care if people don't like it as a criticism. It's a fair criticism. It's bad. It makes it feel like a designated spot for people to stop paying attention. And like, you know, maybe at times we've failed to talk about, um, you know, the women's division stuff. Maybe so we're part of the problem. I know some people have said that and it's like, I think if you watch, you know, when we just talked about WWE a second ago, like, I think at some point you have to kind of look inward and be like, the reason these crowds aren't reacting the way that you want them to react ultimately is because of you. Like, you can't, you can't just blame the fans in every building for going quiet. They, they've been trained to think it doesn't matter, you know, and it's a shame. And, um, you know, and, and here's the thing, right? It's a perfect example. I saw this too. Tony is getting steadily more over. The, the most over in the division are Jade and Britt, I would say, right? Who are like, it's repetition. Britt cut promos on TV every single week. Jade still does. I think Jade's slightly cold, but she's still, you know, a star. Um, you have to hit these points home. You can't let people just kind of float around. I just don't think it's effective. I think it's been proven ineffective at this point, honestly. Um I agree with this. I want Nyla and Emmy was the natural team. I think they wanted to give Maria a chance to get comfortable, but immediately keeping her, like, doing that to keep her on TV to me is puzzling, I get. But, um, 
and I and here's the thing with this, I because I I know you're to be clear, you're saying this in a way of like that's what they do, not that you agree or co-sign with it, but it's like I'm actually for doing the Marina, sorry, the Mercedes Serena um, tag stuff on TV. I just think it's a mistake when you're going to be that selective of which women's division action you feature, you know? Like, if it wasn't that way and you could have two free matches on a random show, like, then you could do it. It's fine. I think it's necessary in some way. But when it's the only match, man, it's tough. I just think it's... Oh, it's a shame because I, I think you actually look at the talent roster, it's actually, like, genuinely quite strong. But it can only change so much, you know? While the usage remains the same, it can only climb so far. It's unfortunate. Um, anyway, Riho and Ukraine, the own qualifier was great on Rampage. It's not that hard to have a seven-minute trophy sprint. That match was awesome. And they got this is awesome chance from a very tired crowd. You know? It's like, that's where, to me, it's like, feed the hot hand. Like, where, let's get another Yuka match next week. Let's get another Riho match. Wherever, and Riho did wrestle Ruby the week I was at the tournament. But, but Yuka hasn't wrestled on TV since then, right? It's like... The roster's better. Like, I think some people will kind of use it as a crutch. Like, well, the roster, you know, it's like the roster's actually, like, more than good enough to be on the show more than it is, dude. Like, <laughs> it's definitely could be on the show more. It's a shame, dude. And I understand not everyone cares. And, like, I'll be totally transparent with you guys. A lot of the rest I've watched for years hasn't featured women at all. So when there's a great dynamite, just to be completely real, it isn't the first thing on my mind. That's me being honest. But I'm, I'm not, like, you know foolish i completely get that it's a thing they should do better and more than should actually could do better it's right in front of them you know the pieces are there that's what makes it frustrating i think there's a there's an element of the audience that they're just not they're not really allowing in almost in a strange way you know You're kind of limiting yourself for no apparent reason it's it's bizarre um pw insiders reported that sasha banks and naomi were removed from wwe's internal roster there you go that's interesting. Um, do you think they need to start planting seeds now for Wardlow versus Keith Lee? Um, Keith Lee is a really interesting case on the roster. I, people thought I was nuts when he first came in, and I was like, I see him more as an attraction than a world champion. But, like, I think the way they've used him has actually kind of been correct in that I think with what Keith went through, you kind of want to take it slow and just let him find himself and do whatever, you know, works. Um, once he's like in motion, because I think he's looked really good in AEW. I've actually loved his his run so far. Um, I would be hesitant to do the Wardlow match for a while, but I'm aware that Wardlow is not. He does not have a plethora of intriguing matchups ahead of him necessarily. Maybe not as many as you may initially think. When you go through the list, it's kind of sure. It's definitely a pay per view match, but I want to see Keith get some. Months under his belt as a singles post-swerve, because that's going to be coming soon, I think, that whole angle. Then we'll kind of explore what you do with that, because I think there's a world in which you don't want to beat um, you don't want to beat Keith. You know, like, I think if Keith clicks as a singles and feels good in himself, and he's looking good out there, you don't want to just have him losing the guys. Like, he's he's a top guy, obviously, right? So, um, we'll see. It'll be interesting, but... I've, I've really liked Keith's performance. I think he's actually been really excellent. Uh, the fact they've just confronted the fact that he does promos that way has made it even better because it's part of his charm, you know? I like it a lot. Um, okay, folks, for the Aramark, I hope you've enjoyed this. I know it wasn't a like a kind of um, big-time Dynamite review, but I 
said, they're in my past. I don't want to do that. You know, I, I talk kind of broadly. Fleet Week, I'll talk about more in detail because I'll rewatch stuff. I didn't see closely enough here. But um, the bird is more of a kind of hangout, what I've watched, what you know, what you guys think. That's kind of what we're going for here. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. This is the only show today. I'm not doing the historical oracle. Frankly, I'm not in the um, the headspace, you know, to, to be doing two shows and to be doing shows later. Like, I, I just need to not do that. Um, tomorrow there'll be multiple shows, so I need to do that then, not tonight as well. So no historical oracle. Um, it'll probably be sometime early next week. I hope you've enjoyed this, though. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, if you have a question, whatever the hell, you know, what's the gimmick? Grinnercircle at gmail.com. The Twitter is at late night grin. Um, please tell Bob to stop tweeting about Chris Benoit. Have a good day. I'll report back on Thor later on. Not really, but I may send a tweet. Enjoy this outro. Wow. Mm-hmm.